0: Excited you're here. Welcome, one and all. Uh, you've joined us midway through a series that we've just started here at Refresh um, called, uh, I don't actually know what it's called, Looking Forward, something like that. Basically, what we're talking about is our, um, our core values here at Refresh. So the foundational values that, I guess, inform um, what we do here at Refresh week to week. And I suppose we're trying to have a bit of a discussion around why we think those things, those values are so important. Because really, our mission here, and I'm sure you've heard this over and over again if you've come um, before, is we want to grow followers of Jesus here at Refresh. That's our mission. That's our vision. Uh, so these values are really no good to us if they don't help us achieve that mission. And and that mission also includes extending um, that opportunity, uh, that offer that Jesus gives us to our local community. So we kicked off a couple of weeks ago. Gus talked to us about um, looking outward, how we can... I suppose share Jesus' love and act on the love that Jesus has given us by um, by serving our communities with this kind of no-strings-attached um, acts of kindness kind of model. Uh, and then Sharon spoke to us last week about, I suppose, more of an inward or interconnectedness that we can focus on where we, I suppose, deepen our relationship with God, but also with one another. Um, and she sp- talks specifically about the power of small groups in achieving that, which is something that we're really passionate about here at Refresh. Um, we really believe in the, in the power of small groups to sort of um, improve the bonds between ourselves, but also improve the bond that we have with Jesus. So this morning we're in week three, uh, and I'm going to tackle a little bit of a different question this morning. Uh, so the question I want to talk about is why should we, why should you um, set aside your Saturday morning every week uh, and come here or come to uh, a place like this um, with, a, with a group of sort of similar-minded people um, and worship God? Why should we worship God together? I guess the the, the crux of the question is where is the value in worshipping as a community um, I've got Lockie doing my slides. Thanks, Lockie. I'm really not a multitasker. I'm very um, single task oriented. To the point where, if I um, if I am meeting someone for the first time, all of my energy is going into what I am going to say. I don't know if you're like this. I am like someone can tell me their name. It has not registered. I will not. They'll have to say it four or five times before I know what their name is. So that that's kind of where I'm at. So thank you, Lockie, for um, helping me out with this. Now, I've actually just gotten back from holidays myself, so I haven't been with us, with y- those of you who have been here for the last two weeks, I don't know how many times you've been asked this question, maybe you're sick of discussing this, but I just want to get a vibe, how are everyone's New Year's resolutions going? We're in the third week of the year now. Who's, who's still going strong? Who's got that? Whose motivation levels are sky high still? I'm not seeing very many hands. Um, I don't know if that's because you don't want to participate or whether they're just not that high who's 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 sort of like flaked out a little bit on the new year's resolutions yeah um that's probably where i'm at i actually i don't know if you're anything like me i gave up on new year's resolutions a long time ago i actually don't make them anymore they um i feel like all they brought me was pain and disappointment so i decided to to stop making them i figured if you if you don't try you can't fail that's that's the way i saw it but I, um, thinking back to to my younger days, right, um, before when I was less jaded, less cynical. Now that I've reached the age of twenty four, um, things were a little simpler, and I I did I did often make New Year's resolutions, and I I remember really clearly that they always seemed to follow a similar theme for me. My my New Year's resolution always seemed to be related to my health, like my fitness. I always used to have some kind of Exercise oriented New Year's resolution. Can I just see one more show of hands? Who Who's made a resolution like that either this year or in the past? I would hope I'm not alone in that. Yeah, so a lot of us, I think that's a, if we did, if they published a list of the most common or most popular resolutions, I reckon that would be close to the top every year. Um, and I suppose, you know, I guess to explain my very simple logic behind that resolution, Growing up, you know, through high school, I kind of figured the best way for me to get girls was to have a very shredded physique, kind of like the one in the picture. I've got a picture for you guys just so you can imagine it. That's how, that's, that was the best way I could envisage to attract women, right? Um, And I, you know, if you're looking at that picture, you can see there's one really big, really obvious issue. It's not the physique, it's just the skin tone issue for me. So you may be thinking, look, you could be as shredded as you like, Corbin, but with that skin tone, just don't take your shirt off ever in any under any circumstance. Uh, and I have learned from that. I often wear long shirts just to save everybody. You know, I, I'm rarely getting my kid off. Um, but anyway, that's a little bit off topic, but I guess I wanted to k- to bring us back. We often make these kinds of resolutions, don't we? Where, you know, we want to, we want to improve ourselves, we want to make set goals for ourselves, and they often related to our health and our fitness, and that's a, good, that's a good, commendable goal. But it always seemed to me that every once we got to about this time of year, January 18, two or three weeks into the new year, I found myself still every night setting an alarm for 5.30am, ready, giving me ample time for that 5k run that I had planned. I was realistic enough to s- to also set a 6:30 a.m. backup alarm because even as I turned the alarm on at night, I knew I was not getting up the next morning at 5:30, and that's that's kind of been my experience. So I guess like the question I keep ask I kept asking myself is why is this so difficult? Why is it such a struggle? Because the truth is, I don't actually mind exercising. I love playing sport. Uh, once I'm exercising. I actually don't, I don't hate it, it's not the best, but I I don't mind it, and it's something I really wanted badly to do, so why was it so difficult for me? And maybe if you've been in that position, maybe you have a similar question, why is it so difficult to do the things that we really want to do? It's fair enough if it's hard to do something that we don't really care about, but if it's something that we really set our mind and we want really badly, why is it so difficult to follow through? So with your New Year's resolutions or um, really any personal goals that you set for yourself, I just want you to think, have you ever ever struggled to bring yourself to do those things that you really truly want? I mean, isn't it hard when you really only have yourself to rely on, when all the onus is on you to follow through with these plans that you've made? And I guess to bring this closer to what we're going to talk about for a while today, what about spiritually? Have you set goals for yourself spiritually? And even though you really want to work towards those goals, whatever they may be, is, do you ever find it just difficult to follow through? Do you ever feel like you ever feel like it's become a battle? Have you ever made plans to either explore a, a new relationship or, or strengthen an existing relationship with God, only to find that it's a battle to stay engaged? I mean, shouldn't it be easy? Shouldn't it be easy to stay engaged with God? So coming back to my exercise struggles, if I asked you for advice, I said, oh, like, I'm having trouble with this whole motivation thing. Um, what do you recommend that I do to improve my like, output, improve my motivation? What's something you might recommend? I could, I could get a gym buddy, right? I could get, like, every gym junkie loves a gym buddy. Metzi has been on to me for about six months now to join him at the gym, and I've just been fobbing him off time after time. But every, everyone loves someone else to go to the gym with. Maybe even a PT, maybe that that might even help even more. But someone who can share that burden of motivation, someone who can encourage me, someone who can keep me accountable. That's really what I needed. And if we stretch this from exercise to other arenas of life, isn't it easier when you set goals to follow through on them when you have other people to help keep you accountable? Maybe you've experienced this um, at the gym, maybe you've experienced it... In your studies, you know, at at school or at uni, at TAFE, you know, being part of a study group. um, There's a heap of research that I learned about this week um, that shows how much better, like, learning outcomes are and performance outcomes are in academics when people interact as part of the learning process as opposed to learning solo. We're here at Refresh. We really believe there's something in that. There's something you can gain from working together toward a shared goal, a shared passion, a shared resolution that you really, it it can be difficult to gain from working on your own. And we believe this dynamic extends to how we connect with God. So I just want to encourage you today that if you're interested in in either tentatively exploring a new relationship or, or, you know, outright pursuing an existing relationship with the God of the universe, the God that Joanna spoke about, who created you, who, who rescued you, who, who made himself known to you before you knew anything about him. Then we want to persuade you this morning that, that there are some things you can gain from, from coming here or coming to a group of people who, who have that same goal to get closer to God. Something you can gain from that that you can't get from working on your own, from worshipping on your own. So the first thing that I think we touched on was um, was accountability. So what we can provide as a group is, is each other with encouragement and accountability in each other's spiritual journeys. Uh, here's what the writer of Hebrews said when they advocated this style of worship. Um, it's in Ho- Hebrews chapter 10. It should be on the screen. It says, and, and let us consider how we may spur one another on, other translations say, how we may motivate one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day talking about the day that Jesus would return. So this writer, whoever it is that wrote Hebrews, they recognize that this is fundamental to us as humans, isn't it? We are fundamentally creatures of habit. The habits we form spiritually are vital, it seems, to our connection with God. Meeting with one another regularly the writer of Hebrews would argue, is, is vital to our connection, not only to each other, but our connection with God as well. They knew how much we might struggle if we relied purely on ourselves for motivation to maintain that spiritual relationship. They said, don't, don't go at it alone. Don't, don't try and do it all on your own because eventually you'll hit a wall. You'll come to your metaphorical January 18 and your spiritual resolutions They'll move from being like goals and being inspirations to being burdens and to being chores. So instead, they say we should lean on each other for accountability and for encouragement. Jesus said it a slightly different way in Matthew chapter 18. Um, He said to his, his followers, he said, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Um, And He continues on to say, uh, And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I just wanted to pause there. Um, This isn't the focus of, of the verse for today, but... It's easy to look at those words, treat them as a tax collector, treat them as a pagan, uh, and think that this is a a demeaning or a derogatory term that Jesus is using. If we look at Jesus' life and the way he treated pagans and he treated tax collectors, um, it should be clear that he doesn't mean to treat them in a derogatory or demeaning way. Instead, he means to love on them as you would someone who doesn't necessarily share your beliefs, but who you want one day to share those beliefs. He says, again, truly I tell you that if two... If two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And that last part might be familiar to many of you. Um, For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So, I mean, does Jesus say here that we can't or we won't experience God's presence when we worship alone? Is that what he's saying? He's saying, if if you're on your own, I'm probably not going to show up. But where there's two or three of you, then I'm going to arrive. I don't think so. I don't think that's what he's getting at. Because if we look again at the rest of Jesus' ministry, there are so many examples of him withdrawing from his immediate friends, his family, his immediate group and circle, and, and going on his own to fellowship with his father on his own. So Jesus' focus in this passage isn't accessing the father. His focus is the accountability that comes with meeting together he recognized that once his disciples didn't have him guiding their spiritual growth in person, they might really struggle individually to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. So our best move then is to stay accountable to one another rather than trying to stay accountable on our own. And I mean, look, I I think we instinctively use this principle in other arenas of our lives. Teachers at school leverage this this idea all the time. Um, Ash and I are actually talking about some different teachers at North Pine when we went through, uh, and the different teaching strategies, you know, for classroom management, I suppose, Um, and we actually talked about this one teacher we had in high school, without naming any names, that had a, it was very obvious when he was just not in the mood to deal with our rubbish, right, We'd walk all walk into the classroom and it was pretty obvious from the word go that he he wasn't gonna there was not gonna be any like banter, no back and forth that class, right? Um and we knew this because as soon as we walked in, he made it clear that if anybody misbehaved, disrupted the class, talked out of line, not only would that person stay in at lunch or have some kind of consequence, but the entire class would be punished, right? I don't know if this still happens. You guys that are at school, is that model still worked. They still use that. Um, it's a, it's pretty effective. Yako's shaking his head. You don't use that. Don't keep the whole glass in. Um, anyway, this guy did. And it was very effective, I have to admit, because a couple of minutes go on the board and everyone's thinking, oh, this is like two or three minutes of lunch. That's fine. We get up to like six or seven minutes and people are starting to get a bit knocked. You know, if you were the one that added a minute to the board, you'd cop a few dirty looks from your mates or, you know, people around you'd be like oh come on like pull your head in if you were responsible for like three or four minutes going on the board when you did get out to lunch you might as well just go eat on your own because you didn't have any mates you and Nigel no mates that day if you were responsible for five or six or the majority of the minutes going on the board I think the best advice I could give you would be to go home at the end of the day and tell mum and dad to look for a new school because you didn't exist to us anymore you were dead to us that's how the rest of the class felt towards you if you were responsible for all of us staying in we did nothing wrong that shared accountability that shared accountability model that works in the classroom and I, and I think Jesus what Jesus is getting at is that works spiritually as well so I think I think Jesus is saying yes we can and should have our own individual connections to our Heavenly Father, but He knew that when we wavered, and He knew that we would waver, when we wavered, we would be stronger together than we could hope to be separately. The second thing I think that we can gain from worshipping together as Jesus followers is an appreciation and a perspective for God that is sometimes difficult to find when you worship alone. Um, I guess I want you to cast your minds back. um, Those of you who have into music or have you ever been to a concert or a, or a festival of some sort who's whos not gone to live concerts before it's a lot of people are a big fan of these right I've only been to one um it was back in the day I was 15 at the time my um we had family friends from WA come over to um, stay with us for a bit and they were mad U2 fans right um maybe it was an Thing, but I never really got the thing with you two. Like I never really followed them, but um, they came over. They went to every single concert in Australia on that tour that you two did. Like there were two in Brisbane, they went to both. So they they brought us along for one of them. And having never been to a concert, I thought was, I kind of figured you know we rock up at, I don't know the concert starts at seven. We rock up at six. We walk in. We you know have a look and then we go home. We rocked up at nine thirty a.m. Go to this concert, Um, like I don't know. It's I don't know if it's just a U2 thing. I'm sure there are edge Sheeran fans like that, and people. We were like, we got there and they were so excited because it was the lowest number they'd ever had written on their hand, because that tells you what number you're going to be through the gate. Um, So we sat there from 9:30 till whatever time the gates opened. We got in. We were sitting. Once we got in, I guess the good, you know, the whole point of it was that we got to stand right under the stage, right? We're looking up Bono's nostrils. While he's singing to us, uh, and then we just sort of waited. We chatted and got to the time when you two eventually came out. And sure enough, you know, Bono's up there. He's he's singing. You know, it's a beautiful thing. thing and everyone's just like, it's such a spiritual, a spiritual thing for these people, right? Our fr- our family friends are just like in another world, right? Um, and I remember looking around and just thinking, uh, I mean, okay. It's like, good for you, but um, I'm not really feeling it. I'm not feeling Bono. I'm not feeling The Edge or whatever the other guy's name is. I'm just not, it's not for me. I'm not, I don't really follow you too. Um, but think about an artist that you are into, right? Um, How good would it be to go to a live concert? I've spoken to people who have been to these concerts, you know, Taylor Swift or Ed or even even bands that they weren't really into at first, um, a, a really common one is Coldplay. A lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm never really into Coldplay. Like, their songs are a bit depressing, a bit, like, mellow. But then I went to their concert. I saw them live, and it was amazing. Like, it was powerful. These people come back, and they, all they want to do is talk about Coldplay, right? And I don't mean to sound so cynical, because I wish I could have that same experience. I just haven't yet. Um, when you think about it, what is it about going to these concerts, these live, these festivals or whatever that is so appealing, that's so much better than listening to the, mu- the same music, same song, in the comfort of your own home with your headphones on? I'd argue that the quality of the music at home is probably better. There's less background noise. It was recorded in a studio, clearer. If you've got good headphones, like the sound quality is unreal. You know, you can get go get up. Grab a drink whenever you want. There's none of this, you know, have to wait in line for an hour to get to the toilet. Nothing like that. So it can't be the quality necessarily of the music. I'd argue it can't even necessarily, unless you're going to wait in line from 9.30 like we did, it's not even necessarily getting to see the band up close because a lot of concerts people, festivals people go to, they're like 200 metres from the action, but it's still, they still love it. So it can't be necessarily just meeting the person or seeing the person in real life. They always talk about this sort of spiritual experience of being at, being at a festival. I mean think about it it 's such a dirty, sweaty, gross place to be. There must be something else about being at a concert that makes it all worth it right something about there must be some kind of power in being surrounded by other people who share that same passion, who share that same um, you're all singing the same song, you're all, you're all reading from the same page, you know, you're all sharing the same emotional experience. There's some power in that that can't be replicated sitting in your bed at home, listening to you, listening on your head, with your headphones. And I, I really think that that is true also for us. I think that's true for praise and worship um, on a Saturday morning. I think that you can, you can listen to the same songs at home, you can, you can h- listen to a speaker at home, you can have essentially the same elements at home, but there is something powerful, a little bit intangible about coming together with other people with the same, same goals, the same focus, the same resolutions, if you will, um, that, that is really difficult to replicate. I think it leaves you with a sense, and I've felt this at Refresh with our praise and worship um, teams, that they do such a great job of, of connecting me to God in a way that I really struggle to, to do on my own. So I suppose, you know, my question is, that do we believe that in a God that can leave us awestruck and amazed, a God that we can appreciate on our own? Absolutely, we believe in that kind of God but do we Dewey also at Refresh believe that worshipping together has a unique power to spiritually awaken us, to give us a new appreciation or a different appreciation for Jesus? Yeah, we, we also believe that too. And the other thing that I want to talk about um, in terms of meeting together every every week and encouraging one another in worship is that I think it leads us to a place of belonging. It leads us to a sense of belonging, to a more intimate connection with one another of course but really also with god with the god that we worship and ultimately isn't that what god wants for us isn't that what god wants for you to be in relationship with you to have you know him more and more deeply each week if i were to ask you about your partner or, or one of your children did that <laughs> i've been practicing this at home and i keep saying your children are one of your partners and i didn't want to get it wrong today but um if I were to ask you about them, who they are, what their interests are, y- you could answer me immediately. You tell me all about them, their likes, their dislikes, f- like quirks of their personality, their character, the things that you love most about them. You wouldn't need a second to think you wouldn't need uh you wouldn't need to check your notes you wouldn't need to, to research it to get on Google. Those are things that you know about those people because you share an intimate relationship with them. You, you've experienced life with them day to day, week to week. And that's what God wants for us spiritually. He wants us to know Him better by experiencing Him day to day and week to week. And what better way to experience the presence of God than, than for us to spend time in His presence together, for, for us to spend hours in His Word together every Saturday morning. I want to to. Argue, I want to persuade you this week. Whatever else you have competing for your attention day to day and week to week, isn't the isn't the the prospect of knowing Jesus better each week worth the sacrifice that a Saturday morning represents? David sort of says it this way in Psalm 100. He says, um, "Shout for joy to the Lord, all of the earth." Uh, He says, "Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs." Know that the Lord is good, it is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. He says, enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And isn't it nice to hear that? Isn't it nice to hear that you belong, that you are one of His people, that we together form part of His people? the sheep of his pasture. And the other thing is that we, not only do we belong to God, but, but Paul says in Romans that we belong to one another as well. He says in Romans chapter 12, um, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, right? Christ's church, which is what we are. He says we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Now, look, these are, these are really just some of the reasons that we like to worship together every week. There are so many more. But I'm sure that some of you here sitting here this morning are feeling a little bit like I was at that U2 concert. You know, you've, you, you can identify with that experience because you've, you've come to church a few times before or um, maybe you've come to church many times before you've seen, you know, Bono for that week, whoever it is up the front, they're they're getting right into it. You look around, everybody seems dialed in to whatever's happening up the front. Everybody seems to be reading from the same book. And you're looking around and you're just going, uh, okay, I mean, good for you guys, but I really, I'm just not feeling it. Maybe part of it is that you see where things aren't quite as good as they maybe could be. Maybe in this place, or in a, in a place like this, on a Saturday morning, for you, when you when you arrive, it has the feel of a church designed for church people, right? Maybe that's what you've noticed. You know what I mean by that. Maybe maybe there is a sense in which we we seem to do all these church people things up the front. Um, we worship in a church people way, um, and bec- that's all because, as you've identified, many of us are church people. You know. But that's not really what we want. Uh, we may have a blind spot for it at times, but we really want fresh eyes on this. So what we would love more than anything is to is to challenge you. If that if you have had that that experience, that feeling of not really clicking with with what you're seeing in a worship setting, if that happens to you here at Refresh, we just want to challenge you that um, we need your perspective. We we need your fresh eyes. We need you to help us. To make the idea of coming here on a Saturday morning irresistible, not only to you but but to everybody that you know. So I suppose as we f- as we close, can we just challenge you to to invest in us wherever you see a need, wherever you you have a passion. Please talk to us uh, at the Connect desk. Get in touch with us throughout the week, um, because it's interesting what Paul goes on to say immediately after verses four and five. He goes on to basically say that what we're doing here, when we worship together, the whole point is not that we come here as individuals and worship as individuals. It's that we come here and we play a team sport. So he says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. Uh, He says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging if it 's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So I wanted to keep it short and sweet this morning, but um, I guess as we return from holidays back to the sort of the mundane nature of everyday life in two thousand and twenty, maybe you 're here because you 're dipping your toe in the water of community worship. You're dipping your toe in the water here at Refresh. Maybe you're here uh, and you're a veteran. You're a church veteran, but over time, church has grown a little stale. The routine has grown a little tiresome to you. You know, maybe you have a friend that you're thinking of this morning who has expressed some interest to you in, in knowing God, into, into learning more about God, but really doesn't have any interest in the idea of worshipping in community, of going to a church for church people. So I suppose as we close this morning, can I just implore one more time for for you, as you look around here this morning, whether it's for yourself or on behalf of somebody else, please just don't don't look at this group of people as a group of church people. Um, instead, I hope what you'll see if we think back to to our first example is a room full of people who really just want to be spiritual workout buddies because we all struggle in the same way. We're all just aching for a new workout partner. So if you or someone you know has a spiritual resolution of sorts to start off this year, I want to ask, what are you waiting for? Set the alarm or encourage encourage that person to set their alarm, not for 5.30 a.m., but maybe for 9, 9 9.30. Come here. Have breakfast, have a coffee, or just join with any group of people in a, in a community worship. Because um, we'd love we'd love to have you. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, uh, we're here this morning because uh, on some level we're we're interested in you, and we we reciprocate the interest that that you have in us, that you've shown for us. We just want to thank you for for that love, um, for your grace, for your sacrifice, and we just want to pray that you will. I suppose walk with us on this spiritual journey that you will inspire us to to share our journey with others so that we remain accountable to each other, so that we, we grow deeper in our relationship with other people and also with you, uh, and so, so that we experience the awe and the appreciation that comes with, with worshipping uh, as one body together. Uh, we thank you for everything you've done for us, and we love you. Amen.